0: Whether it's in Boston or Chicago, that guy deserves to throw out a first pitch and he deserves a standing O and a lot of love. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right
1: now. Welcome back to the Three O Take. This is episode two fifty six. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host Nate Reyes. Nate,
0: happy Friday, my good people. Welcome back.
1: Speaking into the future a little bit. You don't. You didn't even ask me if I was going to drop this tonight, Thursday evening, or tomorrow. Nah.
0: Nah. Nobody wants to hear it on a Thursday night. No well,
1: on the off chance I do decide to drop this Thursday evening. Happy, Happy Thursday, end of the week. Mean. Happy end of the week. As we say every time. Yeah. Thursday is the end of the week because it is. nobody does anything on Friday. So it's true.
0: You're, you're not very productive at all. It's just, it's just the way it works.
1: And it's a life hack for getting a three day weekend every weekend. You just treat Friday just like it's just another, another weekend day.
0: So I know that like, I know COVID has like changed some of it, but do you do you guys feel like you have plans like every weekend? Like things that are just spoken for every
1: freaking weekend? Kind of it's exhausting. I think the problem is really more broader than just plans. I think COVID is, or really just this whole shift to doing everything virtual now has really we I was talking about this with somebody the other day cuz we had we had a couple snow days here. Actually the the week that kids were were supposed to go back to school yeah. after these two uh, two weeks of break, it snowed, so they got the whole week. So they got three straight weeks off. And we were, I was talking with somebody about it, and we we're talking about how kids today will never know what a true snow day is. That was
0: me. We were talking about did, that.
1: Was that you? <laughs> yeah. Did it snow? The Have we talked since the last since it snowed?
0: I think we were talking about it. I don't know why it came up, but uh, we were just talking about how like kids don't get the experience that we got as a
1: child. Oh, maybe it was you. I, I yeah. could have sworn to somebody. It was probably no. was somebody else, too, in addition to that. Yeah. But like everything online now, it sucks. Like you can't yeah. you can't really miss anything for work now because it's like, oh, well, you, you may be staying home, but you can at least hop on Zoom. It's like, no, thanks.
0: Yeah. Or like hop on this conference call while you're in an Uber on your way to the airport. terrible there's always something there's always something that you have to do but i mean like specifically weekends i don't know how it is on the east coast over here we're a little more relaxed we're pretty much free to do and go wherever i'm specifically talking about how like i i i don't get to sleep in on saturdays and just like wear sweats all day it's kind of just those days don't exist what happened yeah
1: yeah few and far between out here for sure It's a it's a luxury. It probably just
0: sounds like I'm complaining that I'm popular, doesn't it? A little bit, a little bit. We are popular.
1: Uh, I wanted to ask you, Nate, before we get into talking negotiations between the league, players' union, John Lester, Shohei's interview, so on and so forth. I wanted to get a little check in on your. Did you make any New Year's resolutions?
0: Uh, personally,
1: yes. I know we went over the baseball ones, yes, uh, but in terms of Anything you're trying to do this year? How, how are they coming along, if so?
0: No. No nothing. resolutions. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. I think all my goals are just kind of like long-term that I've had mapped out for a while. You know, it's not anything that like I have to rewrite down or reset at the beginning of the year.
1: I, uh, le- I think it was last year I got one of those big water bottles, like the jugs that have like the time increments. On the side, with a little motivational. No, 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 no. Just the time. No keep, motivational yeah. phrases. Keep no, going. literally. No, I, I intentionally went out of my way to find one that didn't have that. You're
0: almost there.
1: Uh, it's like eighty something ounces. Yeah. And how many are you supposed to have in a day? Eight cups, which is what sixty four ounces. Yeah. Eight. I eight ounces, eight ounces a, a cup. cup. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm I'm going above and beyond the recommendations, and Good I'm trying you to yeah. have this this jug once a day dude drinking water i don't know who needs to hear this changes your life like it's such an underrated health hack what's, it like, what's
0: how has this changed for you what what's changed
1: well i don't feel like a balloon walking around like if if you're, pass- you're like
0: passing you're like peeing out all your toxins
1: exactly and if you're like in your mid-20s or later you probably know that like being bloated is just a thing that's Mm -hmm. part of your life now it sucks yeah so water helps with that my sleep is just phenomenal like i don't wake up with a headache i don't even drink but i would wake up with like these headaches because i just didn't i didn't drink enough water and i'm able to get to bed easier i'm not just lit up with caffeine or whatever it may be it's it's life-changing i mean no free ads but water (laughs) quality (laughs) quality product
0: can I? Do you have the bottle with you? Can I see it? Yeah, it's right here. Hold on. What time? We are at... It's currently 3 o'clock my time, so it's 5 o'clock Kyle's time. Let me see that bad boy. Lift it up a little bit.
1: Little. You've little done jug, good. little you jug only, here. About a third left. I'm um, currently at like the 3... I mean, I'm in between the 3 and 5 p.m. mark, so... Okay,
0: so you're a couple hours behind.
1: A couple hours behind, but I can knock that out in, in one chug, so...
0: Do you do you feel like is this? Are you only drinking water?
1: Trying to, that like, like with tea? dinner and stuff. Yeah, I mean I'm a big juice guy. I like having a, a cup of juice before I go to bed. I'm weird. Really, juice and ice, just a like OJ. Nice, yeah. OJ, OJ juice. in ice. Yes, we've talked Iced about this. Down OJ. We've talked about this. We don't need to get into a juice debate here, but I just apple wanted juice? to love apple juice too. Big juice, apple juice guys. What, all about the the,
0: uh, what about the white grape juice?
1: Yep. Big fan.
0: Big fan. That's better than the regular grape juice.
1: Big fan. Uh but yeah, just you know, just wanted to put a little plug out there. Water. Check water. it out. Sure you can find it on Amazon, any of your local retail stores. Yeah. If you go outside, stand long enough, you might it might just fall from the sky. Great product. It'll change your life. Water.
0: It's odd how much I miss Colorado water. If you haven't been to Colorado Next time you go, or if you ever get a chance to go, you can pretty much drink out of any water fountain, gas station sink. I don't care. Wherever you go in Colorado, you will have incredible water. Not the case here. Not the case. Pretty rough. Pretty water. Not a, not
1: a great product out there.
0: No, no. But honestly, Colorado, it, just, it feels like you're just shoving your face in a stream. Just a fresh snow cap melting stream. Magical, yeah, could be anywhere.
1: Magical, you know what's not magical? Uh, these negotiations—they uh, met today, as we all know. MLB and MLBPA. Uh, not really sure what you were expecting. Not really sure what what even I was expecting to come of this. I I wasn't expecting much. I I do know that, uh, but I think the general sentiment for baseball fans and owners and players alike uh, was that nothing was really going to happen today. And that was the case because Jeff Passan came out and tweeted. He said, baseball labor update, there is no deal. There was never going to be one today. MLB made a proposal. The reaction among the players was not positive. Few on either side expected it to be. The question is how soon the MLBPA counters. Spring training starting on time is in peril. So that's where we're at.
0: So, I I mean are we if we're keeping track this is the first official proposal since the lockout but not the first proposal on the mlb side i'm assuming right
1: hasn't this been the first activity since the lockout when right we but what
0: i'm saying is pre-lockout there were proposals from both sides both sides laughed at each other sure creating the lockout right this is the first one since the lockout so if we're keeping track i'm assuming players side coming with a proposal of their own probably gonna get shut down pretty quick so let's go ahead and just get that out of the way players like let's let's just schedule that for next week maybe just throw it at the wall see if it sticks knowing or expecting that most of it won't this is how this is how negotiations work so as as far as anyone being disappointed in today's meeting i'm not disappointed but if you are disappointed you have to understand that yeah, this was expected.
1: You say that you say that though you say this is, these are how negotiations are supposed to go. Is it though? like I understand that in in the business world that negotiation can be tough. It can be difficult, it can be tedious, it can go on forever. But at, at least I feel like with negotiations in general, there's at least some sort of common ground here. I feel like these two sides, for whatever reason, are so far apart from one another right now, or at least they're giving off that impression. There's also a part of me that thinks that they know exactly. I, I've been reading some some opinions I on this. I know where you're going. And I they agree. they know exactly what is going to be the result of all of these mm-hmm. negotiations. They're mm-hmm. just posturing right now mm-hmm. for the sake of posturing. And I that think this is going to come together very seamlessly in a matter of no time.
0: I agree. And I think this is just maximizing. It's all about dollars. This is maximizing everything, right? I'm going to hold off on this jersey because I don't know if this guy's going to be on this team in, in a month. I'm going to hold off on buying season tickets because I don't know if we're going to have a full season. I'm going to hold off on planning this trip to this city to see this game because I don't know if this season is going to start on time or if that game will still be scheduled. All of that stuff has to come into play. So I think I think you're right. I think the players and the MLB respectively know what they're going to compromise on, what they're willing to give up in order to reach this compromise. Now it's just being stubborn and waiting until the, you know, the last possible minute for me, the deadline before the lockout that didn't matter. But as we're creeping into when pitchers and catchers need to report here, basically a month, month. just over a month. Right. The 15th of February is what it is supposed to be day after Valentine's, I think.
1: Yeah, I think maybe in some might report the 14th, but yeah,
0: Um, it's they know that that's the important deadline there. I don't think any player really wants to start spring training late, especially with how spring training went last year. I don't think MLB wants spring training to start late. So I think we're okay. I'm not going to start sweating until we're about a week out from pitchers and catchers needing to report and if nothing is even close at that point that's where i'm starting to get nervous but as of right now i think i think you're right i think that's my theory is that they're just they're trying to maximize the start of this and the conclusion of everything coming together
1: i'm just really not interested in spending the next month hearing about how both sides are claiming that the opposing side is just being unreasonable and that they yeah i'm done games, i'm done on that part they don't have the game's best interests at heart yeah, i'm done on Spare that i'm done with me that part. we went through a whole off season of that what was it a year or two ago mm-hmm. it was part part of it played out uh before the 2020 season when they were trying to figure out what was going to happen with that yeah that season we've already we've we've gone through this yeah i'm i'm done i'm done hearing that i we all
0: know at this point who is pro player and who is pro league. That's established. I think you have that as a fan no matter what. You got that locked in. Majority I think fans are going to lean towards the player side, but that's not necessarily re- relevant. What I'm saying is I don't I don't need to hear what's bad for the game or why this is an issue for the game. I think it's just kind of letting all of this like bottle up and just really just get all frustrated and get ready and oh I hope this season's gonna start on time and oh I can't wait to buy that jersey I can't wait to plan that trip all of this and then finally when it happens it's just gonna be an it's this is going to be two weeks of madness in my mind when this gets settled of free agent signings of revenue being brought in by the by the league and by organizations because of season ticket holders renewing tickets being sold in general, those types of things, it's going to be the biggest, most fast-paced two weeks of baseball that I can think of in our recent memory, maybe even our lifetime.
1: Yeah, I mean, the floodgates will surely open. It's just building that up. It's just building it up. (laughs) You know, and you're just completely naive to think that there's not some sort of, like there's tampering going on. Behind yeah. closed doors, for sure, and even if it's not outright tampering, yeah, there's people texting middlemen to then pass along messages to the other receiving end to yeah. to get their message across. Like there's there's so many ways around this, so you know that things are being yeah built up upon and what things was it? are being Who, formulated. What
0: brother wasn't allowed to talk to the other brother because one's a coach and one's a Player.
1: That's a that's a thing?
0: You didn't see that? It was a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember who it was. One player wasn't allowed to communicate with his brother, and his brother is on a coaching staff of a minor league affiliate team. I don't remember what the names were, but it's just silly. Like and this was like right before Christmas. What are you not gonna show up to Christmas and talk to your brother? Like what is come on. Who's gonna crack down on that? Who's gonna who's setting the camera up at Christmas dinner making sure that one brother isn't talking about certain things? Who's gonna enforce it?
1: If I'm Manfred, I'm I'm putting a team in front of their house. Manfred is the 24/7. Grinch for sure.
0: Manfred is the Grinch. He's sneaking around making sure these conversations aren't happening. He's just kinda tiptoeing on rooftops. Wiretapping
1: phones. <laughs> just unbelievable. Uh,
0: I think if Rob Manfred ran the FBI, we would be in big
1: trouble. What I would the world... Every, look? That's
0: every a, American would be in trouble.
1: That is a terrifying thought. What would the world look like if Rob Manfred ran the FBI? <laughs> uh,
0: I think he might be the most insecure person in the planet. I'm not going to lie. I
1: I mean, America might be in good shape, though, because anybody that would say anything negative about him, he would somehow... Garner the power to just nuke the other country or what? Like, What's if Rob Manford was president. FBI. I Well, I'm saying, he would, he would pull some strings. But if Rob Manfred was president, <laughs> we'd be the only nation left standing. <laughs> yeah. That's just a fact. I'm sorry. Uh, Korean like, baseball?
0: Doesn't like American baseball? Shut down.
1: Kiss every other country goodbye. Nuke. Rob Manfred would... I don't even want to imagine what that situation would look like. But... All that to say, based on your gut reaction, do you think we're starting on time?
0: Season, yes. Spring training, no.
1: Well, I mean, it's relative, though, don't we? Like, don't we have to keep spring training somewhat? I don't think so. I think
0: you have probably like a week and a half to two-week buffer where— I, mean, I would
1: I would think the players would, would demand as close to, if not a full spring training as possible. Depends. You know how the players get, man. They get petty. They say we want to. I mean, rightfully so. You need you need proper though. I mean, you talk about veteran players. How many
0: veterans truly care about spring training?
1: Right, but they're not the only ones in the league, though.
0: Right, but I think it just depends. I mean, I,
1: we've seen and here, oh well, here's one. Here's another thing:
0: ability for pitchers to stay ready. We saw that last year. Yeah, I say last year. I Keep referring to two years ago. Now we have to say two years ago, 2020, two years ago. We saw how guys can stay ready. Yes, they were still able to use facilities for the most part. Use trainers, use other teammates, things like that they could do. But I think we've seen the ability for players to adapt. And I think that's what makes it okay for spring training to be a little flexible. Because these pitchers are on a clock. They're going to know what to do. Younger guys, developing guys, guys that are fighting for the 40 man. I don't know. Maybe not. It could be a rough look. So maybe a part of this negoc- negotiation is, hey, you're not going to let us start on time. We're not going to be able to start on time. We need roster expansion. We need more options available. You know, something like that to be able to be a little more flexible. I'm not sure. I just I think that I don't think one directly ties to the other. I think if spring training starts two weeks late, they'll figure it out. They'll figure right, out. Right, but still be on
1: time. you know how the You know how the players get, especially the veteran players who are trying to pave the way for the guys behind them. Not to say that this would be an issue every year moving forward. It it would really just come down to potential delays to a season like we see here. But if you start letting the league manipulate starting time to spring training or other things like that, that's not setting a great precedent for the guys behind you if you're saying, well, we're up to the mercy of the league on on how long and when we're allowed to be well what if there was the what
0: if there was a compromise on that side of things what if the facilities were opened up to players just no games no coaches players I mean, are there, allowed to start using the facility
1: i'm sure there's compromises to be had in that regard but i'm just saying there would have to be give and take on both sides because you can't if you're players you can't just say well we'll we'll go as long as as we need to with these negotiations but it's up to you guys when you want to let us start spring training, but we're going to be starting March 31st as, as planned. Just mm-hmm. just let us know when you want us to head down to Florida. It's like, well, that's not going to work.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Maybe the compromise is just letting these guys use the facility. No access to trainers, no access to coaches, no, no games, obviously. Just let these guys use. But, I mean, there's there's places like this all around the country, and I used to run a facility like this. Few years ago, I've had multiple players come in while they were in negotiations, you know, where they were arbitration court and they had to get some work in, but they couldn't go to the facility. There are places that these guys can go. There's work that these guys can get in. So if anything, like where's the leverage? Who has more leverage? I think it's the players. I think the players say, "We, we know how to do our job. We know what we need to do our job. The longer you hold on your side, the more dollars you're going to lose. And as me saying this, I'm saying players are saying this to the league. So then at the same time, the league has to care about what the product is being on the field. Like what, what kind of product are we allowing on the field? Do we want to see our star players getting hurt because they didn't have time to get ready or work with their trainers? It's crazy. What's really weird for all this and the people that I do feel, you know, probably the worst for are those guys that had like season ending surgery last year. And are using the you know, the off season to rehab with trainers and doctors with the organization, they're kinda left in limbo. You gotta go find some random rehab place like the rest of us. I don't know. Yeah, Those guys I feel bad for.
1: Joe Blow down the street next door to the deli that gets maybe two customers a week. I don't know if I'm trying to go to that doctor, you know?
0: <laughs> who's who's having to pull that, that trigger? Some of the low-level guys,
1: Joe. Yeah, Joe Blow. MMD, is that what it is? <laughs> MMD. Yeah, I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't. Know I yet. mean, regardless how much money. Hey, you Mike out. You... I'm in between the uh, the Subway and the Taco Bell. But if you've gone past the State Farm office, you're too. You've gone I'm so out. Far. I'm out
1: front. Mike, do you see me? I'm I'm waving. Is that you? That's yep, yep, yep. That's me. That's me, right over here. Are you driving that car? That's more expensive than, than, this, than this whole this strip of stores. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that—that's you. Yep. Okay. Uh, Meet you inside.
0: You can, no, no, no. You can't park in front of the nail salon. They have uh, they have only thirty minute parking. You gotta come over here.
1: <laughs> you can park in the back next to me. <laughs> Just look for the nineteen eighty five minivan.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, regardless how much money you make, you're you're having to work with people you're not usually working with and i know i know oh woe is me poor player yada, yada i get all that i'm just saying i'm not i'm not saying that's a a terrible situation to be in i'm just saying right it's a, it's a result of what we're
0: well i mean i think with. what this is going to start to transition into is maybe what we see in other leagues you know like lebron apparently spends millions of dollars every year on his private trainers his Private guys, his private chef, is everything is designated to his health is done privately. Then I think that's potentially where you know some of these guys are going to start to lean towards, just in case, just in case this scenario pops up again. I am going to have to find guys that I can rely on individually, because you know the league shut down again, or my trainer is unavailable with the Milwaukee Brewers, so I got to go find my own guy.
1: Yeah, but I am thinking not all guys have that luxury, you know. I mean, I think it varies definitely varies definitely varies and i mean let's be honest a guy making league minimum can probably still afford to pull still a, 600k a year or a whatever, trainer so. that's better than joe blow who's two doors yeah. down from the deli like
0: yeah joe blow does get a special deal on subway naturally joe blow does not mess with burger King or taco bell which one did i say can't remember
1: <laughs> oh no he doesn't <laughs> mess with anything but subway so that's where we're at um The last thing I'll say on this, I did see a tweet. Trevor Plouffe came out and said, I've seen the points of the proposal, and it's brutal. No real changes on core economics from their last proposal in November. And in parentheses, he put, cool negotiating. And then he said, unless there's major major ground made up in the coming weeks, dig in, people. So, dig in. Yeah. Yeah, because at this
0: point, I'm assuming the player side is just going to send their own ridiculous proposal just because... That's what the league did, just out of spite. Yeah, sucks. And we're the ones suffering.
1: <laughs> I'm never gonna be. I'm never gonna be in that camp of oh these these poor millionaires and billionaires just fighting over a couple couple dollars. I'm never gonna be in that camp. But it's mm-hmm. this stuff that just really irritates me. Where it's they're yeah. just they're wasting time. Yeah. Just throwing these ridiculous proposals at one another, knowing yeah. that they're not gonna accept. And then just doing the—they're they're both guilty of it. They're guilty of the finger pointing where it's oh, oh yeah. well they're they're yeah. not they're not playing ball like Manfred pulled a year or two ago. Yeah, that, that that's the stuff that really gets me, and I I just don't have any time for it, and I don't think any other baseball fan has any time for it either. And I I do think I've heard people say it. I do, and we Drew said it when we talked to him on the podcast. There are going to be people that walk away from the game forever, mm-hmm. and I do believe that because of what fans wise yeah yeah, because of what's transpired uh yeah fan fan wise uh because of what's happened uh the last couple years starting with the 2020 season yeah so that's where we're at with that uh moving on to our next item john lester calling it a career what a pro
0: what a guy what a pro man like just a true professional i uh i love that it He fits into that category of, and forgive me for always using Yankee references, but he fits into that category of had the dominant stuff in the beginning of his career but slides into figuring out how to pitch. And for me, I directly think about you know CeCe or Andy Pettit, guys that had the velo in the beginning but figured out how to make sure my stuff is still relevant, still figure out how to get guys out when that velo goes down. And he did, and I think he did a great job of that and he stayed relevant for the last 5 or 6 years even after the Cubs World Series, you know?
1: Probably one of if not the most impressive uh aspects of Lester's career to me at least, aside from the the cancer and everything cuz that that's in a world of its own. Yep. And, and really this point is relate it's tied to that actually, but just the fact that he was such a workhorse. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like, almost every season, you could count on this guy going 25, 28, 30 starts every year. He made, I got a little note here, he made 30 or more starts 12 times during his career, and he made 28 this last season between the Nationals and Cardinals.
0: Yeah, at the age of 37, 38 years old, I mean, that's impressive. You just
1: don't hear that.
0: Yeah, that's impressive, man.
1: The guy just wanted to, he just wanted to play ball, man. He wanted to go out there and compete, and like you said, he he figured out a way to keep his stuff relevant. Yeah, and I think that almost single-handedly stemmed from a just that passion, that drive that he had because he just wanted to win ball games. Yeah,
0: I know, and it's that's that's kind of what when I say like true pro, that's that's kind of what I think about. For some reason, these guys are more impressive to me than the one the superstars. The stuff where everything comes natural, The Ken Griffey's of the world. Where everything comes naturally. He's a stud from the age of 17 all the way through the end of his career, right? Impressive. Great. Uh, one or two of those in an era kind of thing. Fun to see. Great for the game. But these guys are why baseball is what it is. Because they grind it out. They keep figuring stuff out. They keep, st- I mean, staying relevant. It's. I think the one year in Oakland, I'm just, I'm going to... Sh- I'm just going to cross that out. I don't need I don't that's not even relevant. I don't even think of when I see John Lester I'm like I don't even think of you in green and gold. So that
1: whole year he was probably blacked out because he was stunned that the Red Sox didn't bring him back after offering him like $10 to <laughs> to be a, a Red Sox for life. So I I wouldn't count that either.
0: Um but I mean you're talking 200 innings, 202, 180, 181 from 2015 to 2018 with the with the Cubs um 2019 170 innings 2020 doesn't matter you know like you said between the nationals and the uh and the cardinals still 141 innings the guy just figured out how to make make sure he stayed relevant figured out how to get dubs figured out how to help his team these are the true pros these are the guys that i won't forget you know what i mean these are the guys that i you know if i have a son that is going to be a pitcher i want him to watch people like this so hell of a career
1: he was a five-time all-star and nlcs mvp and as we all know by now a three-time world series champion finished with a win-loss record of 200 clean 200 and 117 finished with a career era of 366 and finished just shy of 2500 strikeouts with 2488 and one of the things that he's most well known for a postseason ERA of two five one. The guy was just nails mm-hmm. when it came down to crunch time. Yeah. Um. And like you were saying, the Indians, the Indians are impressive. But for me, throw the Indians out the window. To me, the game, the the game started is the more impressive thing for me because I, it, it it's great right, if he can give you right. innings and and p- pitch well. But just to have a guy that's reliable enough to where you can count on him taking the ball every fifth day. Yeah that's that's the more impressive thing for me and he did it and he like i said th- i mean 30 or more starts 12 times during his career you you rarely see 12 that out kind of 16. reliability yeah
0: that's anymore that's big time big time that's what you need did and you by the way
1: did you uh did you see that that post i put out about his red Sox and cubs career how wild yeah, was the, that the,
0: the three was it three six three ERA?
1: 364 ERA for the Red Sox and 364 for the Cubs. And his winning percentage for the Red Sox was 636. Six, and his winning percentage for the Cubs was 636. Six. And somebody pointed out in the comments, well, let me double check my math here, but they said you add that up and it's, I mean, the math is a little wonky, but you take out the <laughs> decimal point, it's like a clean thousand. I don't know. It's baseball is just a it's a funny game. It's yeah. A funny game.
0: No, and I, I mean the I think the biggest things for that is that when you think of John Lester, you're gonna remember him as a Red Sox and a Cub. No, I don't. Again, Oakland, you know the Nationals, Cardinals. I don't. I don't think of John Lester in that way. So I mean the the two biggest places he had impacts. He was consistent.
1: Not even opening up the can of worms uh, for the Hall of Fame discussion but if he were to be in what what uh what hat do you think he goes in? And in? he got to wear a Red Sox hat. I don't know, man. It's close,
0: but I think he got to wear a Red Sox hat.
1: You think? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see him in a Red Sox hat, but uh I, I feel like my gut says Cubs. I yeah. just feel like that that city really latched on to him big time.
0: How come you don't want to you don't
1: want to open that can of worms? Well, cuz that I just don't even feel like the dust has settled yet. Like I just want to Want to give it a little time? It's all you always run into that recency bias when you when you have a guy like this. Yeah, and I don't even have. I intentionally did not make note of all of his uh, career accomplishments and stats and all that, like the more detailed yeah. analytics, because I just didn't want to even didn't even want to get into that. But for me,
0: I I mean, if to be just to go on record here, I I think amazing, great career, but not not a hall of famer. Um, and I I tried to think of a guy. That he kind of reminded me of where at one time an ace but just a long-term horse and relevant and reliable um you know i thought of mike messina and mike messina took a while to get in you know mike messina had a career war of 82 almost 83 270 wins 3680 ra you know lester had half the war 200 wins 3660 ra so if Mike Messina is on the bubble and Mike Messina is on the fence, and it takes a while for him to get over on the other side, I just I don't know if John Lester has it.
1: You think he's a Veterans Committee guy?
0: Potentially. It's 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 gonna take a lot, especially now that you know we don't really look at the wins, but it's it's tough because of the way you look at longevity, and I think the Hall of Fame Hall of Fame is is dominance, not just longevity. I think there was a few years where he was dominant, but I don't know if I would ever say John Lester was the best pitcher in baseball at any point in his career. For me, I I think that's a conversation you have to have if you're going to consider him in the Hall of Fame. Was he a top three pitcher in the league for multiple years in a row? I don't even know if he was that. And that's no knock on him. And I think I don't want to get... I never want to get to this point in the game where we are only valuing Hall of Famers. This guy deserves... All the recognition and all the praise for what he did in his career. And I'm okay with him not being a Hall of Famer. But it's still getting what he deserves. And whether it's in Boston or Chicago, that guy deserves to throw out a first pitch and he deserves a standing O and a lot of love. Maybe both places. Why not? Why not both places? Why Why does it
1: only have to be one? Why not? Well said. Um, Speaking of Hall of Fame, uh, with the announcement coming, what, two weeks? Did we ever find the official date? Did we find the official date? I don't know. The date's not important. Uh, I put out the ballot uh, today asking people to share who they would vote for. And I thought, why not uh, go over our picks on this particular episode because I, I put out the graphic. So, I mean, without breaking down the career and accomplishments of every single guy on the ballot, because there's zero need to do that. Yeah. Uh. How about we just go through kind of relatively briefly and uh, make our picks? All right. Well, um,
0: first guy I think we've both been pretty vocal about. Not vocal, but supportive of. Todd Helton. I I think Todd Helton should be in the Hall of Fame.
1: What ballot are you looking at? Because I'm looking at the ballot on the graphic.
0: Yep, same. So I'm I'm just going to go ahead and skip past the first six or seven names there. Ah, yes. (laughs) Well, you said
1: first guy, so I didn't know where you were jumping down to. (laughs)
0: Um, I'm skipping past Bobby Abreu. I'm skipping past Barry Bonds. I think you all know how we feel. Yeah, we're not. We we've there. we've
1: talked about that till we're blue in the face. We don't need to go into that anymore. Yeah. Um. You know what? You no, know, put some respect on Carl Crawford's name. I'm gonna nah. put
0: a little respect on uh, Mark Burley's name.
1: Yeah, I've seen I've seen votes for Mark Burley.
0: Uh, I'm gonna throw a little bit on there. Career you know ERA what? What? of 381, 214 wins, but a 59 WAR.
1: You got the stats pulled up, I see.
0: I'm just kind of cruising through baseball reference. Um, very similar. Very similar to to John Lester. But, oh, I mean, wow. There was, am I reading this correctly? Only two years of the 16 that I'm including his rookie year, which nobody gets, he only had three games started. I'm not even going to count that. He only started three games that year. So as a starter, 15 years, one season under 200 innings, and it was 198 innings. That's insane. Throw some respect on my guy, Mark Burley.
1: Mark Burley. How about it? Wow.
0: Um, like and I you said, were going to skip
1: on right by him. I was going to skip
0: right by him. How disrespectful. And and never under 30 starts outside of that rookie year where he only started three. That's incredible. I don't even think never, I knew that. Never under 30 starts like we kind of talked about it i don't see the 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 win stuff as a number to worry about 1800 strikeouts but we knew that mark burley was never that guy i mean that's i, I think i would give him a vote i'm gonna give him one give him one that's one of my 10 right there you get 10 right oh, not it
1: yeah you don't have to use all of them as we've seen already what was it who was it that uh gave just um oh who was who was it it voted just for Jeff Kent. Was that Dan Shaughnessy? <laughs> All right, buddy. No, hold on. This is this is a real thing. It was it was. I'm pretty sure it was Dan Shaughnessy. Yeah, Boston Globe's Dan Shaughnessy votes for only Giants Jeff Kent in baseball Hall of Fame ballot. And I'm pretty sure that was the second time he had done it. Yeah, second second consecutive year that he had done it. What? I'm tired of the the publicity stunts. I'm tired of the the political games that we're mm-hmm. playing like sure bonds being on or off. That's a, that's a much bigger issue, but just voting for Jeff Kent. Yeah. Come that's,
0: on. That's just goofy.
1: I mean, no disrespect to Jeff Kent, but I mean, he's one of the best second basemen to play the game, but what are we yeah. doing?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it, but I, there are some, these, there are these tweener names on here. I mean, Prince Fielder, the injuries suck. They do.
1: I can't help, but hearing Prince Fielder's name and, not think back to that press conference he gave with the neck brace on. And he was just yeah. losing it. I'm like, guy, Yeah, I feel for you. That's tough.
0: But, I'm I, again, dominance. And he was dominant for that stretch of five or six years. And he was healthy.
1: That's a baseball family, too, if there ever was one.
0: I'm looking at 06 to 2013. And there's, let me just count this out total. 06 to 2013, he missed five games four games so that's nine three games that's 12 one game that's 13 games in six years and then stuff went downhill
1: all right so safe bet to say no on prince fielder
0: i'm gonna say no but that is one where it's the it's the veterans committee i think he will get in eventually because of that stretch of dominance
1: i really do it's gonna take a while so you got todd helton getting in I do have Todd Helton getting So that's your second pick. Yeah. Ryan Howard, probably a no for you.
0: I think kind of similar to Prince Fielder. Again, dominant. Feared for that short stretch. But this game is about staying healthy and putting up numbers, I guess, as far as Hall of Fame goes. So, no.
1: Not to mention, he made a cameo in The Office. So, I mean, that has to be considered. Eat fresh. See, now I didn't say Subway. <laughs> what made you think of that? Um, no, I mean you gotta take you gotta take that into consideration when when evaluating this guy's career yeah add it to the resume cameo in the office tim hudson
0: (laughs) uh close but no if uh if mark burley is on the fence then i don't think tim hudson will
1: get in how about you just tell me the guys that you're gonna vote for
0: honestly i'm just kind of going down the list looking them up because uh that's how i roll just refreshing my brain a little bit on on the numbers. because we
1: know the writers are really a joke anyway, so anything we say is just speculation. Yeah, we're not we don't have any impact on the results. And Wait, are we giving our votes or who we think is going to get in? <laughs> um, no, just give me your votes. Okay. So right. now you you got Burley, Todd Helton. Give me Andrew you know, Jones. Yeah, I'm gonna say those three. Uh, I'm gonna say David Ortiz. Um, yeah. There with, with you on David Ortiz. What year is uh, petted on the. What year is this for him?
0: He retired in between Mo and Jeter. So I'm assuming next year's his last year. Really?
1: He's been I on the so. ballot that long?
0: Yeah, I think so. Let me see. Yes. Yeah, so I've got. They stopped um, playing in 13. What was it? Five year buffer? And you're five years on?
1: No, it's more than five, I thought. Right? Let me double check. Uh, let's
0: see. Let me get a little, little Jake Peavy looking here. No. AJ Prasinski, no. And then we have our, our weirdos. You know, our weird guys that no one knows what to do with. Joe Nathan, though, 377 wins. Was he ever tied to anything drug wise?
1: Joe Nathan?
0: Yeah. Uh, 377 no. saves is pretty solid. 976 strikeouts in 923 innings. I like that number. No, it's 10 years. You're on there for 10 years? That's what I thought it was, yeah. Good Lord, old Scotty Rowland. Um, I think I might have to give a yes to Scotty Rowland.
1: He was a god in the MVP video game series. He was like a ninety-nine every year there for a stretch. I mean, he was
0: defense-wise, he was close to Nolan Ryan or Nolan Ryan, Nolan Arenado before Nolan Arenado. True, locked it down. Career WAR of seventy.
1: So running this back, I've got Burley, Helton, Andrew Jones. Big Poppy, that's a four. Uh, I mean, I think Manny is one of the greatest hitters, greatest right-handed hitters ever in the game. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a pass for now, just with how we've voiced our opinions on other players on this list. And you, you can say David Ortiz, just just do a little research, understand that you cannot put David Ortiz in the same conversation as Barry Bonds, yeah, or players of the like. Very different situation. If you've got some time, do a little reading, and you'll see that it's not maybe what it seems. That's Gary all. I'll Sheffield
0: say. was linked to stuff too, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, but I mean, you got to give me give me a tip of the cap for some credibility here. I'm I'm giving a pass on Manny at least for now. Proud of you. Thanks. It's
0: right over your right shoulder,
1: right there. Yep, sure is. So <laughs> times were simpler. Uh, a Rod, no thanks. Um Shilling absolutely put Shilling in the hall.
0: Yeah, I gotta give Shilling. What are
1: we? What are we doing?
0: I think this has been said multiple times. I'm not the first person to say this, but this isn't Hall of Fame character, Hall of Fame personality.
1: Yeah, this isn't the Hall of of good people. Yeah, and let's make it clear that's different from juicing and having your head grow ten sizes bigger. That's that's different when it comes to the whole good people. I'm just talking about off the field what these what these guys have been framed for doing off the field that's that's a different conversation. Gary Sheffield also tied Sammy Sosa, final year candidate, tough. Here's I uh I don't think he gets in.
0: I don't either, but the Cubs need to relax I think a little bit with him. He's not even we, like allowed to wriggle, He's he can't even go to Wrigley.
1: Oh, you're saying they need to like loosen up a little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Chill, man. Like if if Mark McGuire can go be a hitting coach somewhere, Barry Bonds can go be a hitting coach the Cubs can't let Sammy Sosa in for a little...
1: Barry Bonds is outright crowd. celebrated in San Francisco. They've yeah. brought him back for, like, multiple events.
0: It's odd. Odd what the Cubs are doing. Um, Mark DeShera is an interesting name. Very interesting. I mean, 400 home runs. That's a lot of home runs. Oh, that's a lot of home runs. Stud at first base. I don't know. Just, just a little something-something there. Maybe. Not this year. I'm not going to give definitely, him Yeah, definitely this not this year. Um, Billy Wagner is also very interesting. And I think what's what's interesting about about closers is that I mean we can't just we can't just have Mariano Rivera and, and Trevor Hoffman, you know? Like it's okay to allow some other closers to say they had a great career. 422 saves?
1: Yeah, but that's a tough precedent precedent to sit, to set when you bring in Mariano and Trevor Hoffman.
0: I get it, but when we're talking about like record wise like just records that they hold that mo has 650 something i think that's like only letting guys in the hall of fame for having at least 700 home runs
1: that's my point like those are the guys that are kind of regarded as like the peak of we're relief never, pitchers I for major league never i don't think we'll ever baseball.
0: see that again
1: we're not but that's my point is like you have those guys regardless what other relief pitchers are in the hall of fame you kind of you view those guys as like it and so anybody that follows that it's like, well, it's they're not Mariano.
0: Yeah, I don't like that standard. That's I'm, not I'm okay to agreeing say. I with you. Yeah, We're I don't saying like the that. same thing here. I don't like I, that. I I'm think that if Billy Wagner was didn't overlap in inside of either of those guys' careers between Hoffman and Mo, he'd be in. I agree. Potentially Joe Nathan as well. That's just rough timing. If Billy Wagner was in today's game, if he was maybe middle of his career to end of his career. He retires in the next three or four years. And we watched yeah, the beginning of his career overlaps with Mo, but we watched him dominate and, you know, tack up a bunch of saves. Four hundred and what did I say? Twenty two saves. I think he deserves to be in.
1: I don't think he get he's not gonna get in this year, but was he tied to anything? That I don't know. Uh don't believe so. Somebody might have to double check me on that, but I don't believe so. Um yeah, it's not going to get in this year though. But that rounds out the list. So
0: twelve hundred strikeouts in nine hundred innings.
1: Recap your picks here: Burley, Helton, Andrew Jones. That's three. David, David Ortiz, Ortiz,
0: Scott Rowland, Kurt Sheffield. Uh, Kurt Schilling. Kurt Sorry, Sheffield. It's really uh, names at the
1: same time. Yeah, I mean, I guess mine are pretty similar. Very well. There you have it. But like I said. We'll find out, uh, what, in a week or two? Yeah. I don't remember the date. I think it's like the 20th. It's like that Tuesday, 24th or 25th. I think it's the 25th uh, is when we'll find out. So we'll do a recap of that when the time comes. But with that said, got a couple of things I have to talk about here. For the sake of time, might have to move through them a little quicker. But Shohei Otani's interview with GQ. Was, was sharing some thoughts on some things that happened. I mean, geez, six six months ago. I don't know when this interview was done. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't done like last week because they had to prepare the interview and the publication and all that. But yeah, they were asking about the whole Stephen A. Smith thing. Uh, they're asking about the game's popularity. Something that I didn't realize they had asked him about until I was reading it today is they were asking about some rule, like what he thought about the rule changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they asked him. I mean, they asked him a whole bunch of stuff, but they they one of the more relevant things they asked him about was the conversation of being the face of baseball. What were your initial thoughts when this whole thing really? I didn't even realize he was doing this. I don't know yeah. how many people knew this was a I thing, didn't. but I didn't. This was like the biggest news item of the day yesterday. So
0: yeah, I uh, I mean, I we're we're a melting pot of of you know when it comes to sports, we are the melting pot. You know, I don't think there's any other sport that incorporates. All these different nationalities and heritages and cultures and you know we are at the top of that in my mind i think i'm gonna go ahead and assume outside of maybe soccer baseball is played in more places than any other sport so that's probably a pretty decent guess i say why not i say why not um now as far as the whole learning english thing stephen a talked about like bro chill out it's only been here a couple years and again a lot of a lot of these guys um, are very i think there's a and I can I could be way off here but I think there's a lot of pride in how you present yourself especially in asian cultures and there is no room for embarrassment there's no room to you know kind of slip up publicly ichiro never did really any interviews in english and it was said that he could speak english it's more about the comfort you know i think if if Otani went back to Japan and started speaking English there, I bet people would be pretty impressed of what he was able to do and say. But the fact that he's here and we're asking him to speak English, I think it's it's not it's cool, man. Give him time. Like it's all right. I'm not I'm not stressed about that. I don't watch him play baseball and wish he spoke English. But he if he wants it. to be the fan of baseball, then base, be baseball. relatable. What did I say, Fan? If if he wants to be the face of baseball, I do think that we as Americans are going to have to find some way to relate to him in certain ways. And so as he embraces and absorbs the American culture and does things that are more American, I think us Americans can
1: embrace him a little bit more. He said, I mean, if I could speak English, English, I would speak English, he says in Japanese. Of course I would want to. Obviously it wouldn't hurt to be able to speak English. There would only be positive things to come from that but i came here to play baseball at the end of the day and i felt like my play on the field could be my way of communicating with the people with the fans
0: yeah i agree nothing wrong with that
1: nothing wrong with that
0: um but face of baseball is it's it's tough you know
1: well he said he said it's what i came here for in regards to the face of baseball thing he said it's what i came here for to be the best player i can uh and hearing the face of baseball that's very welcoming to me and it gives me more more motivation to uh, because I've only had this was my first really good year and it's only one year. So it gives me more motivation to keep it up and have more great years. So he true.
0: gets it. It's true. He definitely gets it because his teammate is the face of baseball. And he's and not shying
1: teammate. away from it.
0: Yeah, he's not. From,
1: he, from that possibility. No, least.
0: I think he likes the spotlight. I, I think you're right. I think he is embracing this this fandom. But the face of baseball is is going to be you know in the same dugout. And the face of baseball has done it over and over again and proven that he is capable of ridiculous numbers over and over again. Shohei knows what he's doing, man. He knows how to, how to answer these questions, and I like the way he's answered all these.
1: Uh, they asked him about the rule changes. He said, uh, honestly, I'm satisfied with everything. No need to make any drastic changes. There you have it. Otani <laughs> says, we don't need any changes. Leave it as is. The king has spoken. <laughs> um, no, I mean that's. I really didn't have much more than that on the matter. Um, I will say he was killing the sweater game in that photo shoot, which I don't know who Cut decided off. that's what he was gonna go with. But I mean, I probably would have chosen something a little more different. But I get it. GQ has to be edgy and there was like a like
0: it was like a sweater Letterman's jacket thing. Yeah, it was
1: bizarre. Uh, they had him in a shirt with like a sixty. It was like a sixty-eight or sixty-two or something. I'm like, I don't know what yeah. that is. I'm yeah. Sure was-
0: Did you see? The, I saw the the flex holding the baseball with like the TJ surgery scar.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool looking. Yeah. Those those uh, magazine photo shoots are always always bizarre. So you can never yeah. really. Ex-
0: I'm just I'm just glad he was clothed. I feel like GQ is always is it GQ or like Men's Health or something. It's like let's get these guys naked. And let's because let's put a glove. Give them what the genre. people want. Yeah. <laughs> what? Who watches these sports and wants to see any of these guys naked? I don't. Doesn't make any yeah. sense to me.
1: Uh, I'm glad Shohei was. Yeah. For the most part, uh, clothed.
0: I, I, um, I like Shohei. I'm a fan of Shohei. Um, getting to see what he's capable of in person was pretty cool. I,
1: I just hope that the shock value will decrease. Yeah. In, in the seasons moving forward, where it's like what he's doing is incredible. Yeah. but let's just focus on how great of a player he is and let's follow this guy to see if he can become one of the greatest players in the game. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like so much of last year was just focused on, well, this guy hit a ball with an exit velocity of 100 and then he went out and threw 100 the next inning. Yeah. It's like, yes, we've established that that is a phenomenal feat, but can we just watch him play baseball now and yeah. enjoy what we're watching instead of tweeting yeah. about every single inning?
0: Well, I think that specifically and I'm not sure I did the full you know, article and interview and everything, but that specifically I, I think will be more important on what he leaves behind as far as a legacy goes than anything else he does. I don't care what the home run total ends up being, stolen bases, innings, wins, MVPs. I don't care about any of that. The way he will positively change the game of baseball is allowing these two-way players to start making an impact. And... I, I I'm thankful for him because of that. And now we can stop telling kids that are juniors in high school, you got to commit. You got to choose. Stop. Stop doing that. College, minor league, stop. Let it play out because you never know. Then I think that's going to be the, the biggest legacy, what he leaves behind. And that's pretty cool. And, and the fact that he is not American, the fact that he is international is is even better because we have an international game.
1: It's a great point. I don't know why such a clamp was put down on players growing up to begin with because people apparently love this about baseball yeah. now. So it's like, why not Right. make this a more commonplace thing? I, I don't I agree. understand. I hope it does. Uh, I got one last thing here before we wrap up. Um, well, before we get to closing the book. Um, but I don't even think we got a chance to discuss the whole ESPN crew announcement with the – God. Oh, God. MLB's Manning cast yeah uh, for the sake of time won't get too far into it but give me in your in your opinion in one sentence A-Rod and Michael K being announced as baseball's version of the Manning cast uh this is nothing like the Manning cast thank you I don't I don't understand how how is how,
0: how is this any different from any other broadcast ever Michael K is a broadcaster I like Michael K I know a lot of people don't I personally like him but why Peyton and Eli Manning aren't broadcasters. That's the whole point of that style. We don't want broadcasters in this style. We want players giving player analysis.
1: Yeah, and you got people calling for Big Poppy, and it's like, I would love to see Big Poppy. He's you could say he's a broadcaster. He's like that's his role now, yeah. now that he's not sure. playing. Sure. So it's like it would more it would more so just sound like him just commentating on the game. We don't I need, need somebody play by play commentary. That's right. the whole point. Right. It's the whole point. That's why you
0: either switch to regular Monday Night Football or you switch to the Manning cast. You get to choose. This is just another regular Sunday Night cast.
1: Well, I for one am thrilled that ESPN for once decided to listen to the people and they they took the diverse route and they said, you know what? We're going to bring in a former Yankee and we're going to bring in <laughs> the television voice for the Yankees, Michael Kay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the only I mean thing, I, I for one am thrilled. The only aspect that I can think of um that may change things and be a little different, the Mannings brought in a lot of interviews and there were a lot of interviews and questions towards those players. Michael K does that. That's what's what he does, you know, outside of the broadcasting in the Yankees games. He has, you know, an ESPN show on the radio, he has a podcast, and he does um the center stage interviews. That he's been doing for I don't know thirty years, so he's good on the interview side of things. But anybody can ask questions, so you can put that list of questions in front of Big Poppy and A Rod, and they'd be able to figure it out. And honestly, what wouldn't that just cross off like both sides of it? If you had A Rod and Big Poppy, they have the rapport together from you know Fox Sports. They've been on TV together. They have that joking thing. They have the rivalry thing. Why that checks a lot of boxes. I don't under. I just don't understand why Michael K is at all involved in this. It doesn't. Well, make sense I don't know.
1: I don't know if maybe I didn't make myself clear. I don't necessarily want. I I said that people are calling for Big Poppy. I wouldn't want him no, in the role either.
0: I I agree, but, but that, that is. a a better idea than it's a better yes
1: it's a better idea but for me it just comes down to having a rod it like i i just don't want a rod anywhere near these broadcasts
0: i I don't care what role i i i 100 get that just i want somebody else give me fresh blood definitely agree definitely agree but i i think i when you look down that list it's probably difficult for guys to commit to that that don't have a broadcasting background already sure everyone keeps calling for cc cc is said over and over again he's not going to do it he's not going to wear a suit every day he has no desire to commit to that schedule and he can't you're not going to edit cc that guy drops f-bombs left and right that's the, what he is that's what he says and that's how he talks okay great Yeah. so you can't espn that. shouldn't be touching this in my mind we've talked about a premium channel picking this up and making it that hbo picking up some type of coverage that's unedited that's just raw that you have microphones and cameras and dugouts and bullpens and you're seeing and hearing things that you've never heard before the hard knocks style that's what we're craving we're not craving just another broadcast espn is so clueless dude so lost i am 100% out on espn no desire
1: terrible thank you for thank you espn now i'm going to continue my streak of watching your games on mute <laughs> The ones that I'm forced to, of course. Like I'm never willingly going to turn on no. ESPN unless it's somebody that I'm interested in watching. And then if that's the case, I'm going to watch it on mute. Uh, closing the book here. I don't know if you, I, well, no, I think you saw it. Cause we talked about it. Uh, the Mike, the kid pulling the Mike Trout card. Yeah. The video that went viral. What, yeah. a, what an awesome moment. Yeah. That's, that's what, what baseball cards should always be about.
0: All about right there. We don't need old sweaty men cutting people off at target, wrestling people down to the ground. We don't need Kyle Corwin stiff arming little kids to get the last I don't stiff arm little kids. If
1: there's a plethora of cards left, I'll I'll snag a few just for just for old time's sake. But also I'm I'm uh, what am I? Oh my god, I'm twenty eight. I'm getting old. Maybe I need to consider not going yeah, to Target anymore. But probably I'm, I'm still in that window.
0: I think the biggest issue is the employees of these places. That's my biggest issue. i I used to work at that was my first job after college with sports authority and uh it was right around the world cup and we had like this adidas came out with like this special soccer ball like this special world cup soccer ball and there was only like 10 of them and one of one of my coworkers was a diehard soccer guy and he just like kept one in the back in the warehouse like tucked it away make sure it didn't get on the sales floor because he wanted to buy it that happens with baseball cards that happens with any kind of desirable product. I'm sure PlayStation 5s were tucked away in the back of warehouses. And if you've ever been in the back of a warehouse of a department store like that, it's a zoo. You're not going to find anything.
1: It's dirty business. No, but this uh this Mike Trout card being pulled, that was that was a pure moment. Exactly. That's what it's If there was before. one if there was one card of a current player that you would want to pull right now, who would it be? Autographed.
0: Autographs right now?
1: Yeah. Current player.
0: Bias aside and everything,
1: no, I mean you can put the bias in there, I guess.
0: Can I give you two? Sure. Uh, Aaron Judge would be one. Second one, I would say probably Albert Pujols. Ooh, it's a great, yeah, great card. Yeah,
1: give me him with like the cardinal, like the blue yeah. Cardinals cap with the red brim. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vintage Albert, love that. That's a yeah. great pick.
0: I think, yeah, that one. Clayton Kershaw's up there for me. Ooh, yes. Yeah, another good pick. I don't know.
1: I mean, Mike Trout. Those, is an easy pick. Those like, guys
0: that like you know are going to be Hall of Famers, but they're still hanging
1: around, you're like, hey, give me one of those. I'll take one. Give me one of those. I'll take yeah. one. Yeah, I agree with all those picks. And then Mike Trout, obviously. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Mike Trout, last thing, uh, I'm t- I don't know if you saw a story, but I'm tweeting Mike Trout every day. Saw that. How, I'm proud of you. See, see however many days it takes to get him to respond on whether or not he's a pro or anti-mint chocolate chip ice cream guy. So stay tuned. We're on day three now. Today was day three. Haven't heard back yet, but he he seems hey, to be a lot working. more active on Twitter. I don't know what that's all about. He just seems to be more like active in general on social. It seems so. We'll see what we'll see what uh, comes of it. That's keep all going I got.
0: For it, proud of you. Thank you. Um. Yeah, that's it. I'll get out of here too. I'll go chasing curveballs,
1: folks. We love y'all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.